I think um, one of the greatest challenges for an entrepreneur is to keep the passion energy fueled in the face of intense and epic status quo that tries to keep you down. You're listening to another episode of Entrepreneur Empire, the podcast where we talk about the most needed concept of choosing to be an entrepreneur and how it is an important need and one that might be a better fit for some people. We talk to inspiring and successful business people who maybe have played on both sides of the fence and turn the experience and wins they gain as an employee into an exciting entrepreneurial venture. Or maybe they decided that being the number two or three inside of an organization gives them everything they need to be successful, stable, and lead the life they want. Go back to the garage in the house that someone else built. Advice, stories, tips, ideas, entrepreneur empire, dreamers who do. Here's your host, Craig Powell. Joining me today is Melissa Kennedy. Melissa, thank you so much for being here today. Hi. I'm excited to be here. Yeah, so to start things off, why don't you tell us a little bit about your interests, hobbies, and who you are as a person? Sure. Um, as you mentioned, I'm Kamalissa Kennedy. I'm an entrepreneur turned entrepreneur. Um, for exciting hobbies, I do the entrepreneurial hustle. I uh, um, have the pleasure of facilitating corporate innovation for big billion-dollar enterprises. And for fun, I like to go hiking with my dog, Jasper. All right. Excellent. And, uh, and tell us a little bit more about what you do for a living professionally. Yes, I am a managing partner for a company called 48 Innovate, and we go into medium to large companies, and literally in 48 hours, we facilitate idea to an executive approved for companies that drive revenue. And we've worked for big companies like Cisco, Arby's, MetLife, and literally we did it in 48 hours. Wow, that's impressive. Very cool. Well, uh, I'm really glad that uh, you decided to join us today because we're looking for input like you bring. And on this show, we want to explore the journeys of those people who have embraced their role as an entrepreneur uh, or if you've worked with people who are striving to be more of an entrepreneur and how that maybe compares to any entrepreneurial efforts that they've made. And it sounds like you've been on both sides of that fence. So why don't you tell us a story about what worked and what didn't in that environment? Sure. I'll start when, um, with a story about being an entrepreneur. So I worked for large institutions and big companies for the first half of my career. Um, and innovation was definitely the thread um, of all of my career successes. I worked for a large uh, tech university called NC State University here in North Carolina and was able to lead the largest higher education bond referendum in U.S. history. We raised $3.1 billion um, from the North Carolina General Assembly, and that was 15 years ago, and that was the kickstart of my career. Definitely new to politics, definitely new to higher education and fresh out of college. Well, they let me lead that, so that was a big success, um, and it only happened because everybody worked together, which is one of the prompt, predominant themes of my upcoming book as well as the work I do now. Additionally, I worked for big giant networking giant Cisco. I helped um, co-create an online television show called TechWise TV before YouTube was bought by Google. So that was kind of back in the day. Mm-hmm. Um, additionally, really working to create infrastructure for their 4,000 reseller partners in the U.S. After uh, great successes in those large institutions, I left my corporate nine-to-five to start my own venture and have been using those techniques as an entrepreneur combined with those startup secrets you talked about from being an entrepreneur um, in order to be able to drive success that's measurable and that everyone within the corporate framework can be successful and innovate at speed. 
Awesome. Very good. Well, and, and could you expand on that more and maybe tell us about a time or experience that led you to realize your worth as an entrepreneur and you decided to focus on that as a strength? Yeah, absolutely. So every year, most corporate employees have to do a employee review process. And I found fundamentally being able to take my efforts as an employee and then attach them to either revenue or cost savings through innovative actions was the key to success and promotion. So, for example, when um, we created the TechWise TV for Cisco Systems, I was able to quantify exactly how creating an online TV show before, you know, online video was hot um, was directly related to driving pipeline for the business. So we were actually trying to go down market. So Cisco normally went after enterprise clients, and they wanted to get in the small, medium-sized business space. And the only way to do that cost-effectively is through marketing. And so we created the online TV show. We actually documented how much sales pipeline um, that was created from the marketing efforts, both from the show, the email follow-up, as well as voted well for me, my managers and directors to promote me pretty quickly. And I found coming from that entrepreneurial thought of my direct work and how it imp impacts the direct bottom line was the key to success inside the corporate environment. And, you know, we like to point out, uh, because I think there's a shared skill set between people who identify as being an entrepreneur and those that are entrepreneurs as well. What do you identify as the skill sets uh, that people need to have to be successful as an entrepreneur? Well, you're exactly right. They do align um, up with the entrepreneurial event, um, success. One is to have just a curiosity, right, to re be able to tinker, to think of things differently, but also a pleasant tenacity, I think, is a, a key to success, especially in the entrepreneurial environment. Um, they call it corporate red tape for a reason, and we're constantly tangled by it. So to be able to be persistent, but also be positive and pleasant in the in the pursuit is really key. And I find that most successful entrepreneurs do the same thing. You're not going to win all the time. Actually, nine out of ten times you're going to lose. And so for that sort of persistence and then the passion behind it is really key for entrepreneurs to be successful. I think also building relationships um, when you don't need them is is a key skill for entrepreneurs. I think naturally most entrepreneurs are, are charming and can identify a person's needs or someone within the corporate framework's needs and then be able to communicate clearly how your idea, your project, your program um, can meet those needs. Again, identical to an entrepreneur pitching a VC or an entrepreneur trying to attain a new customer. Right. Yeah, definitely. Okay. And uh, on here, we hear a lot of stories about uh, people who maybe have decided, again, to focus on being an entrepreneur or did that for an extended period of time and then took that experience and skill set uh, that they gained in that to turn that into an entrepreneurial venture. Uh, but what do you think are the biggest reasons for people to maybe choose the route of being an entrepreneur versus an entrepreneur? Great question. Um, I, I've, I've jumped in and out. So just to, to be clear, I've been an entrepreneur for a long time. I've run my own business for a long time. And then I've gone back to work to be an entrepreneur. So I don't think it's just one path definitely throughout your career. And you can go back and forth and, and be successful. So I want to kind of start off with that. I actually go around now talking to many entrepreneurs or entrepreneur wannabes to keep your job. Um, the sexy startup life isn't always so sexy, just coming from someone who's an entrepreneur. Um, the cash flow and the stability of being a part of a company is unbelievably exciting, 
even though it can be frustrating. So one thing, I do have a new book coming out um, called um, The Innovation Revolution, Discover the Genius Hiding in Plain Sight. And it's really about encouraging not only leaders to develop, nurture, and create entrepreneurs, but also a call to entrepreneurs, stay where you are and fight the good fight. The coolest thing about being an entrepreneur is you can be an artisan in what you're really good at. So I was a masterful marketer and salesperson. I did that very well. And within the corporate framework, that's all I had to concentrate on besides sort of navigating the politics of corporate America. Um, when you go outside as an entrepreneur, you have to be the janitor, the president, the accountant, and a marketing and salesperson plus do sort of your, your best skills. And I found the entrepreneurs have – incredible advantage in that they have cash flow, they have a framework, they have accountants and financiers that are going to make sure those balance sheets are correct, and then they get to do what they love and what they're great at. And so that's one thing I've gone around sort of encouraging uh, corporate employees to not be frustrated and to continue being entrepreneurs um, and being successful. You know, another thing that we that we hear a lot is that uh, there's some people that have found uh, that right fit. They've maybe at an existing company that they were already working at or maybe a new job they started that they were attracted to the company, an existing company that they knew their skill set fit in with them. Uh, and there's some really great and interesting stories where people are able to find that fit and they're able to create almost a startup-like environment inside of an existing company. Uh, I like to, to call that going back to the garage in a house that somebody else built. Um, so how do you see the role of an entrepreneur being important moving forward? Yeah, I think, you know, that's the key to success, right, is finding the right fit and the right match, not only for your skill set, but obviously um, the product or solution that you can be passionate about and really put the full force of your entrepreneurial energies around. Sure. And what do you, how do you think uh, – what's the best approach that a company should take if they have people who want to be an entrepreneur? Like what kind of wins do you think a company can gain by creating an environment that encourages entrepreneurship? Oh, exponential. I truly believe that medium to large companies must re reimagine and reprocess the way – they deal with their employees as well as how they deliver results to the marketplace and entrepreneurs are the key. And one specific sort of takeaway from that is going from that hierarchical boss versus employee relationship to more of a peer coaching relationship. I think that oftentimes the larger the company, the more layers and, and sort of power plays that happen and that impedes innovation and results. And entrepreneurs get frustrated, and that's why they want to sort of duck out of that security of a, of a company. So I think specifically they need to change their relationship from manager to employee to be more peer and coaching. They also need to build confidence within decision-making for their employees that are entrepreneurs. The way they do that is to co-create together so that the experience of a manager, for example, can transcend to the experience, passion, and perhaps innovative, different sort of thinking mentality of an entrepreneur. Additionally, managers and companies have to face a more purpose-driven employee set. The rise of the millennials we hear constantly in all sorts of news, but it's not just the millennials that are taking over the workforce by storm, but also there's Another psychographic group, which I call Generation Flux, Fast Company came out with it, I think it's uh, about five years ago, where it doesn't matter how old you are, you're just 
um, inspired and driven by reinvention and disruption. And that class, combining that class of millennials as well as purpose-driven generation flux will make a phenomenal competitive advantage for companies. In order to do that, they have to let go control. Sure. And that's tough. Yeah, definitely. You know, and, and again, there's there's a different uh, story for everybody that's gone down this route or the people that are thinking about going down this route. Obviously, you've got different dynamics with inside of a company, uh, maybe, you know, longstanding relationships that you have to combat or uh, – just method methodologies that are ingrained in how the business has been ran up to that point. So there's definitely unique challenges that I think exist with every single one. But for some people, um, they decide to be the entrepreneur because they get that fulfilling um, experience of being able to help an existing company kind of move to the next level. And they use that same skill set that we talked about earlier uh, of what it would take to be an entrepreneur to apply that skills to that existing company to have successes. However, I think that there is kind of a push in some instances that an, an entrepreneur is just a failed entrepreneur who couldn't make it happen uh, because they only had tendencies and didn't have the actual DNA needed to be an entrepreneur, or excuse me, an entrepreneur. How would you respond to the idea that an entrepreneur is just a failed entrepreneur who couldn't make it happen? There are different companies, and frankly, you know, the proliferation of entrepreneurship is an amazing um, trend in the last 10 years. And it's definitely been helped by, you know, uh, software as a service activities, uh, the globalization and interconnectedness, the Internet and the Internet of Things is, is, is creating. Um, Bill, if, if you're doing your own venture, you'd like to work a part of a team that you don't have to worry about payroll. Right. I think you'd like to work for a powerhouse team that has access to global clients that are in the Fortune 50. Entrepreneurs don't necessarily have the network to do that. Um, not every entrepreneurial idea is actually good. Um, and there's a lot of institutional um, barriers that make it difficult for an entrepreneur. And oftentimes it's easier, faster and more lucrative to do it inside of a company than outside of a company. Like what is it? Ninety percent out of all startups fail. That doesn't mean that you as an individual is a failure, and if you go inside of a company, it doesn't mean you failed a venture. As I mentioned before, I've gone inside and outside throughout my entire career just because they're interesting projects. There's, to your point, a great fit. There's something I can bring to the table and an incredible challenge that as an entrepreneur, I may not have the resources or access to the network to get the funding or the technical know-how or connection to the right team. So I think that is uh, an oversimplified um, statement for folks maybe that haven't gone inside and out and weaving inside of different uh, relationships with companies. Yeah, definitely. And I think you, you definitely hit the nail on the head that it could be a more lucrative choice. It's, it's amazing to me that uh, because the idea of being a startup founder or a CEO, uh, you know, is such a sexy concept. I think that people put that out there and then immediately assume uh, that they will be viewed as successful. And in reality, uh, they maybe would make more money being an entrepreneur than they would 
you know, being that CEO of a startup that maybe or that may or may not take off. So uh, I, I think people limit themselves uh, in their personal lives and in their professional lives uh, if they think that working for the man, so to speak, is uh, is always going to be a negative thing. So, um, so for people that would want to to go down this route and to maybe they've uh, seen an opportunity inside of their company or a company they want to work at, and they know that they could really uh, take control of that and and uh, have some successes there. I think it comes along with having a unique concept and how you pitch that to the ownership uh, or the current management structure inside the company to give you that freedom uh, and authority that you need to be able to implement and kind of you know drive home what you're wanting to achieve. So what advice do you have and maybe some, some examples of what you've done with 48 Innovate uh, with people who want to be an entrepreneur but don't know how to have that conversation with the ownership and management of the company? Great question. I think, one, it doesn't have to be a unique concept. I think the more important part being an entrepreneur is how do you communicate your idea, unique or not, and how it affects uh, either the bottom line from revenue, either from positioning the company to be a thought leader or cost saving. So I think, honestly, to be a successful entrepreneur, you have to be a successful communicator. So I think that's one key. I think another is this um, idea of communicating to the right person in the right language at the right time. And that's what we do with 40 Innovate. So our process is deeply rooted in Lean Startup, the Lean Business Canvas. I'm sure um, most of your listeners have heard of that. Um, but it's re-engineered to really work in the enterprise, which means it has to have a lot more either financial or data-driven rigor behind an idea. Additionally, it has to be succinct. It has to be um, in the same language as uh, an executive or leader can understand and absorb. So I found in my own career, um, oftentimes my unique ideas were too unique. They were too ahead of their time, and I had a hard time communicating why and the language that a leader that has a billion-dollar sales number could actually feel comfortable taking the risk. And so what we do with 48 Innovate as we work with the leadership first to set up a, you know, smart goal. Again, this isn't rocket science, you know, specific, measurable, attainable, realistic, and time-bound. And we present that as a challenge, just like someone would go to a startup challenge or startup weekend, for example. We bring 30 to 50 of their greatest uh, employees cross-functional, which is another key to success to be an entrepreneur is to develop relationships across your, your functions. If you're in sales, you need to be able to have friends in marketing, finance, and operations, and vice versa. Um, it's really sort of that network within that's successful. So we help bring those 30 to 50 employees together to pitch their 60-second idea to solve that SMART goal challenge. They've already sort of been taught throughout the process on what makes a good pitch. If you've ever um, been in a startup challenge, it's usually what's your problem, How, what's your solution, why is your solution better or cost-effective or aligned with the corporate strategy. And then from there, um, for the next 48 hours, they pick their top five ideas from, from the pool they work collectively in five teams of self-selected team members, and then they prepare for a 10-minute executive-level presentation of their plan. Now, the reason this is such a success for big companies is that it fast-tracks business as usual. Normally, pitching an idea on your own as an entrepreneur, it will take you six months to a year to deliver even a pilot. But because we, have, we actually fast-track that quickly because all the decision-makers are in the room, and they already know 
what is the big challenge, here's the data set everyone's working off of, and then here's the language and the need that the challenge presents. And so this is how we've done sort of 48 Innovate. For example, we worked for um, with Arby's, you know, mm-hmm. the roast beef sandwich place. Sure, yeah. And we found uh, they wanted to do a loyalty program. They brought in 30 to 50 of their employees, um, came up with tons of ideas on how to be more loyal. They're trying to go after a new demographic in their restaurants. Um, and what they found was they were alienating their current customer base in order to go after sort of these fast foodies or, you know, the lunchbox meat eaters. And in, and it became less about the loyalty program, and it came, became more about, well, this is the evolution of our company, and where do we want to take it? And if we do that, we might have to lose some people in the process. So part of the entrepreneurial journey is to be able to allow people to not have the answers, but to co-develop the answers along the way. And I think that's sort of a key to success as an entrepreneur. What you start your idea off with is never what it really ends up in the end, but that doesn't mean that you failed. And even if it doesn't get to the top, you know, C-suite, if you will, or get bought in, it's it's an evolution. And the more people that you can bring into the fold, either on the beginning of your pitch level of your idea, all the way through a pilot phase, which I think is key for an entrepreneur to be successful, it's about creating the revolution around you, right? Inviting others to be a part of your idea instead of being this lone wolf genius, which is such a falsity inside and outside the, the corporation. I love that. Creating the revolution around you. That's a great concept. Very good. Thank you for illustrating all of that. I think those are uh, key steps that everybody can learn from uh, whenever they're on their journey of becoming an entrepreneur. Uh, What are some advice, tips, or resources that you can give to people that you would recommend that want to develop more as an entrepreneur in their own world? Yeah, absolutely. I would say, number one, um, you need to find your office LeBron James. And so what that is, is that's like your corporate celebrity endorser. So I found my success inside of a company and entrepreneurs find them outside the company is someone that has clout or relationships or a reputation within that supports your ideas or causes. And so that's number one, find your office LeBron James. I think number two, I would suggest Still going to startup activities, for example, Startup Weekends is an excellent way for um, anyone to learn the entrepreneurial journey that can be applied inside companies as well. Their idea to, I think it's concept a company in 54 hours. Um, I've been a facilitator for a couple of years and have found it to be probably the most intensive and um, comprehensive entrepreneurial training you can do for about 100 bucks that you could ever go um, get anywhere else. And it really allows you to immerse yourself and experience what it's like to be sort of that entrepreneurial and take those, those concepts out um, to apply to your, to your organization. I also um, sort of suggest, you know, go to as many networking events inside your company and outside. Um, you're only as powerful as the network around you. And that doesn't mean trying to find a job, but it also means maybe trying to find a partner. For example, in your company, you pitch an idea. You may not have everything you need inside. And if you have sort of a network outside your company, you can partner. You could fast track your idea. And then shamelessly, I'll plug my book, um, The Innovation Revolution, Discover the Genius Hiding in Plain Sight. It details what are those top 10 telltale signs of an entrepreneur. It details what it's like to be an entrepreneur and then what it's like to manage one, which isn't always fun and can be frustrating. But it is the future, and it's coming out March 7th. 
Additionally, um, I think your podcast and those that are similar are, are ways to constantly, you know, educate yourself, re-educate yourself, and reinforce. Um, oftentimes, as an entrepreneur and entrepreneur, you get knocked down. Um, not all your ideas are going to make it to the surface, and you need sort of constant reinforcement, constant sort of reimagining of how you can be successful to fuel your fight uh, moving forward. Great. Very good. Those are some great tips for everybody to uh, remember and apply in their own lives and their own journey. Um, so what are some current or upcoming projects, events, or news? You mentioned your book uh, that you're most excited for and you'd like to tell us all about. Yeah, absolutely. So um, I'm doing a talk for Duke University and their Design Thinking and Innovation Symposium. And it's really, to your point, talking to MBA-level students around being entrepreneurs and how do you do that and how do you be successful, um, as well as still having that sexy life of the entrepreneur just inside with a steady paycheck. So that's coming up. Additionally, um, my digital launch is March 7th for my book, and then there'll be um, a book release for the print version on March 14th. That will be local to Raleigh, North Carolina, where I live. Um, we're going to have a Leadivator showcase. I introduced a new concept called a Leadivator in the book, um, which is really a leader that creates and nurtures entrepreneurs inside the corporate framework to, to excel and innovate at speed. That will be in Raleigh, North Carolina, and you can find that on my website, Innovation revolutionbook.com. Um, I have some upcoming uh, events with clients, which is really exciting. I am doing a one-day sort of leadivator session with MetLife. Yes, the giant insurance company is, is and wants to be uh, innovative, and their whole goal in this one-day leadership retreat is to create innovation as business as usual, which is um, near and dear to my heart. And that's coming up in a couple of weeks where um, the top 50 Engineering leaders at MetLife will get together, and they'll do some startup-type activities to um, kickstart their fiscal year. So those are some big things coming up on the horizon for me. Um, and you can follow me at KMelissaKennedy on Twitter and keep up with me there. All right, excellent. And we'll, we'll definitely provide links to all of this stuff to share along with this episode and uh, so that people can connect with you. And is, is getting a hold of you on Twitter the best way that people can connect with you? It's the fastest, for sure. Um, you can always connect with me on LinkedIn, um, K. Melissa Kennedy. That's a little trick, the letter K. Um, but, yeah, those two are, are the best and um, keeping the conversation alive. And I always welcome challenging. So your statement about sort of the failed entrepreneur turned entrepreneur, I don't believe that's true. So I say bring it on Twitter and let's really continue that conversation. Excellent. Okay, good. And, and as we finish things up here, what's some closing bits of advice that you'd like to really drive home that people take away from your uh, our discussion today? One is to transform that frustration of the red tape of corporate America and put that into the passion of making the next best big thing happen. I think um, one of the greatest challenges for an entrepreneur is to keep the passion energy fueled in the face of intense and epic status quo that tries to keep you down. Um, I think also you should, should surround yourself with an incredible supportive network inside and outside of your company. If um, My favorite quote was, if it was easy to live bravely, everybody would do it. And so I would suggest for folks that it isn't easy, but it's worthwhile. And the network around you, the passion that you continue to fuel will absolutely end in success. It just might take you longer than you thought. And you need to have incredible resilience to keep fighting the good fight. 
Very good, very good. Thank you so much, Melissa, for coming on today. We appreciate your input uh, and being a part of the conversation, and we look forward to connecting with you again in the future and catching up with you again. Great. Thank you so much. I want to thank Melissa again for coming on. That was a really great conversation that we had, and I think it's always valuable information whenever you can take uh, real-world examples like what she gives that she's been able to do with 48 Innovate and going into companies and working with those executive teams to uh, to lay out that vision and, uh, and figure out where you're headed with those innovations that you want to achieve uh, as an entrepreneur. And uh, that, that's a, uh, something that I think all of us struggle with, and it's something that um, takes some time to figure out how to do that in working with your teams internally. Maybe you don't have the ability to bring in somebody like Melissa, uh, but I think there is room for you to do that if you're able to identify that, uh, lay out that vision. And uh, something else that she said that I really love and gravitate towards is um, you need to be the one to champion that. You know, something that's attributed to the CEO most of the time is that they are the uh, dreamer of the dreams. They're the ones that uh, are able to lay that vision out there for people, and they're able to make that vision reality and, and illustrate that and always be ready to sell that and get people to buy in on that vision. It really is no different for you if you are an entrepreneur and that you have to be able to um, define what that vision is, lay it out, get people to buy in on it, get them excited excited because ultimately that's where the results come from is if you are able to sell that vision and get that buy-in from your teams and all of the other people that you need to have on board in order to make that success. So once again, thanks to Melissa for coming on to the show. Uh, I do highly, highly recommend you go check out her book uh, that she mentioned. Um, and you can check that out at uh, www.innovationrevolutionbook.com. Dot com. It did come out a couple of months ago, so uh, hop on that and check that book out. You can also check out the Startup Weekend website that she referenced, which is startupweekend.org, uh, as well as connecting with her on all of the various channels such as Twitter uh, or LinkedIn if it's something you'd like to continue a conversation with her uh, about the topics of, of being an entrepreneur. She's got a really uh, great angle, I think, that's uh, valuable for people to listen to. Uh, and then lastly, I will be including uh, in the show notes for this, uh, uh, she has shared a SlideShare presentation on Discover 10 Telltale Signs of an Entrepreneur that's got some uh, some great stuff for you to check out. So we'll put that in the show notes, uh, and you can also get it at entrepreneurempire.com. So thank you for listening uh, to another episode of Entrepreneur Empire, and we'll catch you again next time.